Hello, and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Today we are bringing back Pup Star Orion for part two of our talk. If you haven't heard part one just yet, make sure to go and have a listen. Last week, we closed our episode with the recollection of a profound and deeply spiritual experience Pup Star Orion had during a needle scene. We will hear some of that story again today as we go forward with our interview. So, let's sit back, relax, and get ready for some more Leather Talk. to get me to let go and like just feel my own feelings and I feel like during a needle scene we did that was one of the times where I learned to really trust the people around me and that the people around me see me and love me um but basically he was putting a series of needles in me with a with a friend and he told me beforehand that he was gonna put them in my face and to just like you know, be careful with the feelings that come up and that it might bring something up in me. And he told me, he's like, every time we stick needles in you, you know, you go someplace today, we're all going somewhere together. So it might be heavy. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, I swear the moment that needle went into my third eye, I cried the ugliest cry. Like there was no saving face for that. I was sobbing and screaming and clawing like the table around me. Um, I like sat up so rapidly. I remember like just wanting to scream. And all he said was like, hey, let it go. Whatever it is that's coming up, just let it go. And I did. And I have never, I, I am such a dweller, Brandon. You need to understand that like I will sit around and think about something that happened like 10 years ago and get really worked up about it. Wow. I have never in my life been able to stop crying and just lay back down and relax so quickly. And then he started giving me the sound bath and he told me I was beautiful. And I, like, it's so hard as a trans person to reclaim some words and i feel like beautiful is one of the words that i've worked really hard in reclaiming Mm -hmm. and before that i had a girlfriend who used to call me beautiful all the time um and i loved it and i feel like no one had called me beautiful since her and you know when you kind of like lose something when a relationship ends and i i deeply deeply loved her so it was kind of I like it was one of those things where I couldn't just tell someone like hey could you call me beautiful because there was such an impact with the word and it needed to be natural. Yeah. And for that word to come up specifically while I was just like sitting there in so much agony and then suddenly it was all gone and I remember he told me I was beautiful and I had one more tear just fall really quickly and I was done crying. Have you cried since? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I I am a combination of a crier and not a crier at all. Like at my bones I'm a crier, 
but hormonally and medically, I have a lot of issues crying. I'm on a lot of medications Mm -hmm. um, and I'm on hormones. So it's just really difficult, but I need to. So I want to pick your brain a little bit more about that experience because I I have to tell you that that gave me chills. The whole (laughs) scene just, I mean, I'm sure there's people listening right now that you really took us on a journey with you there. Uh, How, how, what, what was the emotions that came out that catalyzed the grabbing of the table and the screaming and this agony you described? Is it, was that built up tension and all of this stuff over your whole life kind of releasing or? I, I deeply feel like it was like, I deeply feel it was just like trauma and everything that had just kind of you know, like you develop a callus over time and it just gets tougher, but it doesn't mean it doesn't like, there was a hurt under there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like someone had removed it and just let me be raw for a second and then immediately bandaged me. And then I was okay. And I, it's so hard for me to feel okay. And I think like that is one of my favorite things about the way that I play. Um, Like at a bar that will remain nameless, um, I did this scene with like five different people where if you don't know me, um, I'm really into trampling. I'm really into boots. So I had five different people taking turns, like stepping on me and it evoked a very, like, I want to say like the baby version of, of the needle scene <laughs> where it definitely like brought me to a space where I cried. It just wasn't as like turmoil and like clearly pass induced. I was going through something at that time that was very fresh in my mind and I knew I just needed like an escape. And so I had these people like taking turns and then one person started getting really into it and she started throwing trash on me, which is like, I was here for her. She would like, you know, grab a cup with a little jello shot in it, eat the jello shot and then drop the plastic on my face. She was smoking a cigar. The, the ash was falling on me. She would spit on me. She would get in my face and like take a photo. And then she would like step on my throat and laugh at me. And I was just like living for it. And then it finally got to the point where I couldn't take any more. And I rolled over on my side. And I am so fortunate to have good people in my life. Um, My ex was one of the people that was doing it. Even though we had broken up, we're still really good pals. Mm -hmm. And occasionally like, I'll let them step on me. Um, But they saw that it was like going somewhere really deep. And I remember when like I would get stepped on and scream, they would grab me and start punching me to like offset the pain so that I could take more and that I could get to the place that I needed to go. And finally, when I rolled over, they like scooped me into their lap, held me and said, I got you. And the moment they said that, I started sobbing in their lap for like a solid 20 minutes. And because I don't really cry tears anymore, it was mostly just like the sound of crying. When you go on testosterone, some people's tear ducts actually shrink. So sometimes when I cry, I only cry actual teardrops for the first few minutes or I have like teardrops sparingly throughout the cry, but it's mostly just like the noise of crying, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like that is my favorite thing about kink is I have all these bottled up emotions. That's the type of person I am. I'm very hard at like letting go and opening up and I'm getting better, but it's still a challenge. And that's my favorite thing is when I can release that with someone that I trust. And I think like for me, that's what happened when that needle hit me. It was just 
years and decades of all this like anguish and horror and like frustration and things that I couldn't express things that have, are long gone, but still like in their own ways are under the surface. I don't know. I, I think everyone needs therapy, but sometimes I'll have a scene and be like, was that better than my therapist? Mm-hmm. A little bit. <laughs> so uh, for those of us who are listening to the story, your, your story right now and envisioning you getting kicked and punched and trash thrown on you. And, mm-hmm. and something you said earlier was your friends kept you going so you could take more until you can get to the place that you needed to go. Now, clearly this is going past sexuality for you. Mm-hmm. What is this sort of place that you need to get to in order to have that full experience? I am actually not fully sure. Um, and there's something that's a little scary about saying that, um, crying during scenes is a very new thing that I only really started doing this last year, or I guess not this year, but you know, last year, uh, cause this year, what have I really done? <laughs> but even like with the fact that I've been able to cry with certain people, it's, it's something that really rarely happens. Um, and I've only cried with one person multiple times and that would be my daddy um but it's it's so different and new and i love getting to like i think the term is catharsis play if i recall correctly Mm -hmm. and it's like getting to a state of catharsis through play so and so for you the the impact play and humiliation is this sexual for you or is this mainly like an emotional psychological release for you I think it depends on who I'm engaging with. Okay. So it would you would have to throw names at me and I'd have to be like, oh, that's only emotional, that's only spiritual, that's everything. <laughs> you know, like it's very much the connection I have with that person. And sometimes even the scene with that person will shift. Um, and sometimes like it's mostly spiritual. Sometimes it's like, oh, this is like inherently very clearly sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I took that needle scene with Wombat, that felt very spiritual like i think that was the one time i went over to his house and didn't have sex with him um because i kind of just passed out on his chest after like eating like you know obviously i lost blood so i ate and then i just passed out on his chest long nap i think i woke up and had ice cream and then i just went back to sleep Mm -hmm. so there was it was just pure spiritual it was just pure like i clearly needed to be with somebody and be in someone's arms and be connected. And I, my favorite way to connect to somebody is through not just like physical impact, but through blood, through my blood. Um, I think that there's just something very sacred about that. Um, meanwhile, like there's the time he finger painted on me with cigar ash, like that, everything about that was sexual like mm-hmm. that. And, and probably any other time he's put a needle in me has felt like to some level sexual. Um, but that time, like it was pure raw spirit. Well, I have to say, I, I really appreciate how transparent and willing you are to just kind of spill it out on the table for us. Cause I think that th- these are the stories that we need to hear, especially those coming into kink, you know, for the first time, or even those who have been in it for years, knowing like that it can go so far beyond just sex yeah well i thank you for just allowing me to talk like i i'm a pretty open book these are conversations that i'll have with just about anybody um shout out to every lift driver i've ever had 
Uh, so you were talking earlier off record about gender play, and I'm yeah. curious if you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I'm I'm friends with an amazing uh, dom, an amazing femdom named Wiley Wolf. Um, if you haven't seen her shit, you really should. Uh, by the she- way, <laughs> uh, I've been trying to reach out to Wiley Wolf to come on really? the show, and she has not responded. So if you give her a nudge <laughs> for me, <laughs> Wiley Wolf, if you're listening to this, watch you. <laughs> I'll let her know. <laughs> well, I adore Wiley. Um, if it makes you feel better, she blew me off the day I met her. Like, <laughs> did not give me the time of day. And I think, like, that's why I like playing with her. <laughs> I just want to be ignored. <laughs> like, I'm just like, yes, hot girl, ignore me. <laughs> um, But, like, we met at a puppy play thing, and she thought I was just, like, another annoying, like, person who doesn't believe that, like, women or non-binary people can be puppies. And so when I first said hi, she was like, oh, hey, and walked away. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> And then I came to her event. She was like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not like the other dogs. Um, I'm cool. (laughs) And we became, oh, and she watched me get fisted by someone I was dating. It was the first time we had sex. Oh, my God. Um, And she just happened to be walking to the bathroom and stopped and went, nice. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was so funny. And that's that's how we became friends. Um, But, yeah, so we occasionally play together um we're pals we're actually like neighbors um she lives really close to me now uh but we haven't been able to hang out since covid Mm uh but i've been talking to her really recently about (laughs) specifically like gender play in the headspace of a hyena Oh, I hope okay. you can follow. <laughs> okay. I don't know how much you know about spotted I mean, hyenas. We, we we had a leopard on the show earlier, so I mean, I, I can get down with a hyena. <laughs> yeah, okay. But you know how like spotted hyenas live in a matriarchy. Okay, go go ahead and just spill. Just tell us. All right, all right. So they live in this matriarchy, right, where even the lowest ranking female is considered um, higher in status than the highest ranking male. Um, female hyenas are often kind quote unquote to their fathers by beating them up less than other males Mm -hmm. um they're born with full sets of teeth and they fucking know how to use them so like if you have a male and female that are born in the same litter the female will like fuck up the male and rarely let them feed like they just live in this wild femdom society basically and my favorite thing about them is males will actually get erections and show their erections as a form of submission the same way another animal would roll over and show its neck. And I just think that's super fucking cool. And I want to replicate that. I'm not sure how, but I really want it. Wow. <laughs> and so that like ties into gender play. I actually plan on getting like a tattoo of a cartoon hyena with a ball gag in its mouth. And it's going to be my like ode to femdoms. Wow. That is pretty cool. I've never heard of that before, actually. Yeah. Uh, also, the females have, like, pseudo-penises that are larger than the male's actual penises. Fun fact. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I really like hyenas. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... <laughs> wait, uh, so, uh, the, the the gender play thing. How, I mean, how, how does that... The gender play, that has to do with the whole matriarchy, is what you're mm-hmm. saying? 
so I want to find someone and it just kind of happened in conversation literally the other day when I was talking to Wiley um, because I posted a meme that was like I believe in hyena supremacy and I had a little person bowing to a hyena um, and it got us talking and she was like I have a hyena space where I explore like femininity um, as like a creature and I was like I want to be like a little sissy boy hyena I don't know what that means exactly but those are the words that come to mind Mm -hmm. Um, so we were chatting about like what we could do post-covid and so it's still like a conversation but basically like I tend to favor when people call me strong because I take intense impact and that deals a lot with like how strength is considered a masculine trait. Um, and also like strength is considered something that disabled people don't have and I'm disabled. So like it works on levels. Um, but I like when people tell me that I'm strong and I'm taking so much and good job, but I kind of want the opposite now. Like Mm. there's part of me that wants, to not be regarded as strong, to be regarded as like weak and pathetic and inherently unworthy. And that everything that I'm getting, including like sexual gratification is something that I don't deserve. Well, what's really interesting about, about you saying that is that Mm -hmm. the, the whole masculinity thing is sort of just stomped all over in the hyena. Like, Oh yeah. Like that's so interesting. Yeah. And so I kind of want, I mean, again, I'm not like a masculine person in regards to my identity, but I do register that I look in a way that translates to most as masculinity. Most people assume um, I'm trans mask or a trans man and I get that. Uh, And I just kind of want to play with that. Mm -hmm. And I also want to work on like getting myself in intense situations and then kind of like sissifying myself. Like I want to wear things that are inherently deemed as feminine um, and see like what that evokes in me, like as a non-binary trans person. I see. So this is all something new that you're exploring. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, I mean, do you have any ideas of what some scenes are going to look like? Like what are you planning in your evil Uh, little head after COVID? (laughs) Uh, You think my little head is evil. Like you should see the people I play with. They're all just fucked up people. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure what that one's going to look like, but one of my top things that I want to do after COVID is, and just to like stay on track with like talking about Wiley, um, is I want her to put chains inside of me. Like, Oh, okay. We, okay. So we got dinner once and it was shortly after meeting. And one of the first things that came out of her mouth was like, you know, the average person can take about like three feet of chains in them without any prep. And I was sitting there staring at my chicken like, so this isn't a normal dinner, right? (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were just going to have a vanilla dinner. And that was like the first thing out of her mouth. And I was like, okay, so we're, she crossed that threshold. So we're going. (laughs) And then I I got really into the idea. And she's like, I could do that for you. Oh, wow. And so ever since, it's been this thing that keeps coming up, but, like, never fucking happens. We're, like, there's o- we're always, like, at an event and, like, running things and, like, busy. So hopefully post-COVID, since we're now living very close to one another, I could hop over there and be like, please, <laughs> put chains in me. <laughs> I want to see how many, like, feet of chain I can take. Wow. Like, I, you know what? I I've never seen that, but now I'm going to go on Pornhub later and look that up. <laughs> right? Like it just, and there's apparently like chain toys that are like silicone, but they're made to look like chain links. So they have all like the texture, okay. but they're like body safe. 
Um, so it's a thing. It is a thing. How cool. Uh, and I, I'm hoping, because I love metal, I love having metal and like glass in me because of the temperature. Like I love that it goes in cold. It's so chilly. It like makes all the, you know, the hair stand up on your body and then it comes out like piping hot. It's like you baked it or something. And I also really like not only the weight of it, but I love fisting, you know, mm-hmm. like anyone who knows me knows that I was on a crusade with my, my title tour to get fisted and every event that I traveled to, I did succeed. Um, so I can now say that I've been fisted in, I think like three States and two different continents. So that was nice. <laughs> That's more than most people have countries have been to. <laughs> like... Yeah. And, and, I would have done more if, you know, my tour wasn't canceled because of COVID. Um, But I did succeed in, like, every place I went to, I found someone to fist me. So are you getting fisted in, like, in your asshole or your... Uh, I get fisted vaginally. Um, I haven't done a lot of anal. It's still very new to me. And I also, um, as of now, the rules in my dynamic are I can only have anal with my daddy or with his explicit permission. Um, so I don't do a lot of like, you know, exploration when I travel. Okay. Uh, it's also like, I'm kind of lazy and I don't really like douching. Um, okay. Which is to say, I also have like, you know, a couple of chronic illnesses that do affect that. So the ritual is a lot more special in my opinion when I do it for my daddy. Um, he's starting to flip flop and go, maybe I should switch it because it would be funny to me, which I think is evil. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of like that sadistic. No, I don't. I hate that one. Actually. Oh, you don't. <laughs> okay. That's one of the times where I'm like, I hope he's not serious. But usually, <laughs> once he says something, he's pretty fucking serious. Well, I yeah, I, I know what you mean about the, the whole like getting prepped and douching and everything. It, yeah, it's so funny because I I um, like a couple times I I've, I've like woken up and uh, like oh like I just feel this energy like maybe we're gonna have wake up sex. So I'll like go Ooh. and do a little ritual in the bathroom, you know, to clean up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll have like, you know, my partner and I will wake up and we'll have sex. And it's like, wow, like you're so clean. Like, that's so awesome. Like, how, you know, you're always so clean. And I'm like, no, like I just, I, <laughs> I woke up and I felt the energy. It's not a miracle. Like it's. <laughs> I, I've mostly functioned on the fact that my ass is kind of a miracle. Um I've just been very fortunate. My daddy's very like, no, 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 no. If we're doing this, you're cleaning up. So he's the only person I've ever cleaned out for. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just really beautiful. Um, I also just like, I have digestive issues. So there's times where I've tried to clean out for myself just to like, oh, I'm going to fuck my ass because it's fucking fun. Um, But halfway through, I give up because it's such a taxing process. And like, I'm always like really fatigued just by existing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just not do that and go yeah. to bed. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want that energy with sex. You know, uh, I mean, if I'll make, if I can make a suggestion, oh, go uh, for it. <laughs> if you, if you wake up with that feeling, like, I, I don't know about you, if you get in like the moment or if you wake up with the different, every day for me is sort of like a different energy. Like some days mm-hmm. I wake up and I'm like, I want to put stuff in my asshole. Like, so I'll like start at the beginning of the day, you know, like if I know I'm going to play around later on that night, I actually will like start the cleaning process several hours before. And it's mm. sort of like this buildup where I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do something dirty, like with my body later on. Like, I like that, you know? And so it's like this buildup kind of thing. 
I think like what I've learned about my body is that I just function better with a shower shot than with like an enema bulb. Mm. Uh, and I don't have one at home. I just have like an enema bulb, but my daddy at his home has a shower shot and like that just functions a lot better for me. I see. And so it's just so much easier. So I kind of want to put like, <laughs> if I do fuck like someone else that gets to fuck my ass, I want to put all these explicit rules like must have checklist. <laughs> <laughs> Your home must have X, Y, Z requirements for you to get in my ass. <laughs> also, I have to be willing to beg for it and like cry and like tell my daddy, I really, really want this. And I also, you know, I think that's a beautiful thing as well. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> if I'm not willing to like beg that he allow someone into his private hole, then it's not worth it. They're not worth my ass. I like so. So this is like um. I mean, you like that kind of. Is it humiliation that I like the restriction? The restriction. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah, it's also fun to just tell people like my daddy says no. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like like I'm being a little brat to them. I'm not. I don't really identify as a brat, but I just kind of like being mean to people. <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> and so I like being like, I can't. You can't pee on me. Only he can. <laughs> <laughs> you you have some kind of sense of ownership. Yeah. At that point. Um. Well, I I I did want to ask you more about kinks, but I feel like we've gotten to so much about kink. I do want to kind of pick your brain a little bit more about leather specifically. Okay. Let's do it. Um, because I feel like a lot of times leather and kink kind of come in synonymously, but a lot of origin stories, like people will either discover leather first or discover kink mm -hmm. first. And then one comes as like a byproduct of the other sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm curious what your first experience with leather was like, and if that plays into your roles today, as far as like your kink and community identity and all of that. Okay. So don't get mad, but content warning. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, another one. <laughs> so when I was growing up, I didn't have good grades. Okay. Um, so my mom thought it would help if I joined like a boot camp program after school. And also like my older brother was an ROTC and I did the little boy thing where I wanted to emulate him. And I thought like it would be a fun way to not only get myself on better track, but also like get to kind of experience what my brother experienced so it was run by two people who used to be in the marines and then they would like you know tell you to run around and iron your uniform and do your homework and yell at you um but one of the things that they made you do because you had to keep your uniform all tidy was they made you polish your boots mm. and that's the only thing that stuck my grades did not recover i didn't learn anything i wasn't more respectful after that but i became very enamored with my boots <laughs> Wow. So um, I grew up and now I'm like a little amateur boot black. I'm my daddy's like personal boot black. That's like really my first experience of like understanding the touch, smell, feel, and like love of leather. Mm -hmm. um, after that, like I just became very enamored with like touching leather and smelling it and putting it in my mouth. So I just, I'm sorry, Brandon. I, I, I'm just like this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so wh where are you today with leather? I mean, that was your first encounter with it. Um, where has it taken you? Oh, I love leather. I consider myself a leather puppy and I consider myself a leather boy. Mm -hmm. Like that's definitely where my heart is. And like as a boy, I don't only consider my, that my, my role as like in the leather field, but also like 
it's a very strong gender connection to me as well because I don't consider myself a man. But I think that the idea of boyhood as opposed to manhood has less restrictions. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely consider myself a boy both like as a leather person and as a form of gender. So that makes it even like on my wall right now, as we speak, there is a leather boy flag (laughs) just hung up and like, it's across from my puppy flag. Like that's just definitely who I am. And I love, love when I'm called somebody's boy or when someone just calls me boy as a way to refer to me. That's mm, gets me. Because it's like a, like a, talking talking down to you like a boy or loving you like a boy or what is the it's a double whammy of very gender affirming and also like reminds me of my place i don't think it's inherently like degrading um i'm not lower in my mind because i'm a boy the boy is just a fact of who i am i see okay okay cool uh so you are um the current la leather pup is that right so there's no leather in the title, but yes. Okay. So LA Pup 20, yes. is it 2019 or 2020? So I was LA Pup 2020 and now I'm, you know, extending the year to 2021 because mm-hmm. of COVID. Um, so I'm calling myself 2021 now. <laughs> uh, who's going to stop me? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wondering what I'm going to do now because the podcast is literally called Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. And so yeah, I, I think I'm going to just keep the title. <laughs> like, I I keep joking like so do I get a second vest what's going on (laughs) (laughs) so okay so let's talk about your competition for was this the first title that you ran for yes okay so what what got into your your mind about like oh I want to run for a title um I wanted to make a difference and Mm -hmm. uh okay so here's the whole soppy story okay so (laughs) LA Pup, because people have asked me to run for SoCal, they've asked me to run for West Coast Olympus, they've asked me to run for like many different titles, and everyone's always like, why are you so dedicated to running for this puppy title? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you. So LA Pup, the contest was maybe the fourth or fifth public event I ever attended. Okay. Um, so very new into like me going to the bar scene. And it was the first contest I ever attended. Everything that I attended before that was probably like mm, a dungeon party here, a few puppy nights here, and I never really talked to anybody. But I remember when I walked through the doors of meeting, like when, you know, like the meet and greet, and Rush ran up to me and shook my hand and was like, What's your name? Do you know anybody? I see that you've been standing, like, you know, just kind of hanging back. Let me introduce you to everybody and made sure that I felt seen. And I remember instantly connecting to Rush. Um, and then Rush won. Mm-hmm. And so I had this like warm feeling, but I, I almost didn't stick around the next day to see Rush win. Cause I had been so energized by meeting Rush the night before that I showed up to the contest ready for that energy. But obviously he's backstage doing his thing. Right. And I had this moment where I remembered that everyone is so cis and skinny and white and there wasn't any room for me. And people will always say how like, oh, we're so inclusive. But, but when you don't back that up, then it doesn't mean anything. And I can unfortunately tell you that I walked into that room and I felt completely isolated. I remember I, I had friends who were driving over to the contest to be there for me, basically, to just mm-hmm. kind of like back me up and be like, you can do this. And they were still on their way. I had showed up 20 minutes before them. 
And in that 20 minutes, I almost called them and said, can you just pick me up? Like, I want to go home. Uh, I almost called a lift out of there. I didn't even want to wait for them to show up. I just didn't want to be there anymore. I had never felt like so isolated in my whole life. And then I looked across the room, like I looked up for my phone when I was checking lift prices. So I was literally like on the edge of leaving. (laughs) And I hate to like keep bringing up the same people, but this was the day I actually met Sir Wombat. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw me across the room and he like flagged me over so I walked over to him and I was like yeah hi and he s- just said I like your hood where'd you get it and so I started talking to him and we talked about like he's like oh it's breed specific right la 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 and we just had this whole little back and forth I shook hands with his puppy said it was nice to meet them and <laughs> I say this as a person who identifies as aromantic I walked out to catch my breath my friends walked over and went how are you doing? And I immediately said, hi, I just met the love of my life. (laughs) And they were all like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, I don't know, but he's beautiful and I'm in love. (laughs) (laughs) Two seconds ago, you were looking at Uber prices and you're in love. I'm like, we have to stay. (laughs) (laughs) And then I, you know, we took our seats. I had VIP tickets. Um, So I took my like little front row seat with my at the time partner, um, who's still my best friend to this day. And they're introducing the judges and I realized that Wombat's a judge. And I grab my partner and I go like, that's him, that's the guy. That's the guy who was nice to me. And it made me think like, that's all I needed was someone who wasn't white, someone who was very queer, somebody who was clearly deep in the lifestyle to see me and say, hey, how are you? And I thought like, if he could do that to me, then one day I can do that for somebody else. And you know what's the beautiful thing, Brandon? Mm. Is that I've done it. Wow is that I've gotten those messages before from people who say, I don't go to these places because I'm too scared, but I see you do it, and it makes me feel like one day I can. Whenever I see you do something, Orion, I live vicariously through you. I'm coming tonight, Orion, because you've been going to this event and posting pictures, and it looks like fun, and I want to meet you. Orion, every time you do this, I feel like I can do it too. Wow. So would you say that, I mean, that that must be your platform. I'm I'm assuming because this experience, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that is, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, that you went through that ex- same exact experience. You lived through it. So you know yeah. what it's like. And now here you are making a difference. Yeah. And then like within two years, I had the first message of someone saying that I did it for them. Wow. And like, yeah, I, I get messages on all my platforms, like kink or not. Like I'll get people who message me on OkCupid saying like, hi, I just want to let you know that I follow your Instagram and like you're such an inspiration. And I bought my first puppyhood because of you. And Do you remember the first message that you got like that? Oh, I, yeah. It feel? Overwhelming. I asked the person if I could screenshot it and post it because I was just so like overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And it's somewhere still on my Facebook and me and that person are still friends. Um, the One of... I would say um, this person is like my puppy little brother actually gave this person their first hood. And I consider them family now, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, They moved out of state, but, excuse me, in my opinion, they're family. Like, I completely adore them. The first time they came to a puppy event was one that I was helping with. Uh, I was helping run and advertise it. And I remember their partner pulled me aside and said, you know, because they're another trans person, you know, they never take their shirt off. And the first thing they did when they walked in here was take their shirt off because they knew they could. Wow. And I just thought, like, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And, like, I've had Ferris Oxide tell me, who's also trans, like, 
you go somewhere, you take your shirt off because you need to show those scars. You need to remind everybody that they can do it too. Right. Wow. I mean, so when you were running, mm-hmm. um, did it matter to you if you were going to win or not? Or oh, was- I knew I was going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mean to be that bitch, but I am. <laughs> You sound like that girl in America's Next Top Model, where she's like, "I'm winning." Like, <laughs> I like not to be that bitch, but like, we all knew I was gonna win. Like, who was gonna do better than me? <laughs> I love it. So, okay, so when you when they announced you the winner, I mean, what was that like? Um, my so my friend Ruck, Ro Ruckus always told me before, like he he was always hyping me up, and he was like, "You're gonna do this. You're gonna do this." And he told me, he's like, "You're gonna walk in there." and you're gonna win, remember you're just waiting for everyone else to realize it too. The crown is yours, you're just there to pick it up. Wow. I was like, okay. So I walked in with that mentality and it made me so calm and collected the whole time. Um, I was, I feel like I was the only one who wasn't panicking backstage. Um, there's been remarks that, of the people who were working backstage that were like, Orion's just chilling. Like he's just got his feet up, eyes closed. He's like taking a nap. Um, yeah, and when I heard my name, it just felt right. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I worked for this. And I worked for two years. I worked my ass off. I almost ran for 2019. Um, I didn't because of health reasons. So I just said, like, you know what? I'm just going to keep volunteering. I'm going to keep putting my name out there. I'm going to keep shaking hands. I'm going to keep saying, what can I do? And I'm going to be the person that, like, has the longest resume. Yeah. And I'm going to do this because it matters and because – someone's got to do it. Like someone's got to volunteer for all these events. Someone's got to, you know, work at the food bank. Someone's got to like, you know, clean up afterwards. Someone's got to sell jello shots. Someone's got to, you know, educate. And I'm down to be that person because I genuinely love it. And so it felt like I'm, I'm usually a person who doesn't like recognition. Uh, I have a complicated Leo energy. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm really into astrology. Um, But I I love being recognized, but I also have trouble like understanding how to say like, hey, I kind of need someone to see me and mm-hmm. recognize all the stuff that I did. But the title run was the only time I haven't felt that way. I walked in there saying like, this is mine. I worked for it for two years. Today, we're just figuring out who's coming in second. Right. When... I mean, now that we, we've gone through 2020 and it's almost done, by the time this episode comes out, it will have been done. What are some of your goals with the title? Right now, so my goal has always been, and I think it will remain so in 2021, is always to be personal. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that there's people who create big events and that's amazing. I don't know that that's for me. Um I like the personal touch. I am a big fan of like shaking hands and kissing, um, I guess, age playing babies. Okay. <laughs> you know, like uh, not real babies, but you know, like, you know, right. I'll kiss an age player on the forehead or something. Um, that's just kind of who I am. Like people kind of laugh at me when I go to the dungeon because I've definitely shown up with a backpack full of like coloring supplies and people go, but you don't even like age play. And I go, yeah, it's not really my thing, but it's other people's things. So, you know, I bring stuff because like, what if someone needs it? What if someone's in the mood to color today? Or what if someone like has a scene that's really rough and they just want to draw a picture afterwards or something, but you never know. 
um i bring snacks places i give away gear like i buy people stuff i you know it's just what i do so you're saying for you it's more like the the the, the meaningful small intimate encounters yeah important to you and that's really telling because those are the encounters in your experience that have meant the most to you yeah and i just i want to pass that you know on i i want to what is, what is the term um what was that movie where, where you do like a good deed for three people and then you tell them to do the oh, same thing. Oh, pay it forward. I there think. you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to pay it forward. I was no. going to say push it forward. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Pay it forward. Push it forward. Yeah. <laughs> I'm see, I'm just still on fisting, you know? <laughs> um, are, are there any other organizations or leadership roles you have in the leather world? Um, besides Obsidian LA and Threshold LA? No. Okay. And, and what are, what are you, um, how are you involved with, with those organizations? So, um, Obsidian LA, I'm one of, I guess they're original board members when it's a, it's a QTI BIPOC group. So a queer, trans, intersex, black, indigenous, person of color, kink group, um, based on making community and education and centering QTI BIPOC and those in solidarity with us. And the whole point is to just basically like make safer spaces for people who don't feel the greater leather kink world is for them or has made space for them. You know, it's spaces by us, for us, it's run by volunteers. And originally it was founded by two black queer people. And when one of them left to further um, bit like his personal business, um, I stepped in with one other person and for a little over a year, the three of us just ran it together. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're a group of seven volunteers. Uh, so we've expanded a lot and we're trying to f- make ways that, you know, online events are more accessible now. So right now my focus is to help them get interpreters for events. Um, because, you know, if your event isn't interpreted, then it's not accessible. Right. So that's one of my focuses. Um, we've spent all of COVID uplifting other QTI BIPOC or kink educators um, or facilitators or, or what have you. Uh, we actually had our first Zoom play party, which was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that like you'll find a way to do it, but they're actually a lot of fun. I got to film a scene because basically how it went is there was three rooms. You had your kitchen where you don't, talk about kinky stuff but you're with kinky like-minded individuals you had your voyeur room where you could do everything from talk to people to like show off Mm -hmm. um and then you had your main stage which had pre-recorded professional scenes done and i got to do one and it was halloween themed and so i got to get (laughs) i got to get beaten and then have pumpkin guts thrown at me and force-fed candy until i got sick oh my gosh (laughs) yeah i'm a little weird (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's like like a, a kinky, um, I don't know, spooky and kinky, kinky Halloween or something. Yeah, I had like little paper bats thrown on me, and I was like covered in Jello and pumpkin guts, uh, and I had all these little bats sticking to me. So I became like a little decoration. <laughs> <laughs> if you're wondering, I couldn't eat candy for a month and a half afterwards. Oh my god! <laughs> no, it's interesting. All of the creative ways that people have figured out sex like over the internet oh yeah so (laughs) we did that and and i did what i always do is i found the one person who was like this is wild can i talk to you and i was like yeah here's my contact information we can be friends (laughs) oh i mean 
Speaking of virtual, I've seen you in the uh, the leather talk Zoom parties before, being all young in the playroom. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> never. I am innocent. I am a Christian woman, and I would never do. <laughs> I am clutching my pearls as we speak. <laughs> I remember seeing you in there, and I was like is that all right? And then I'm like, Oh, what's he doing? And I'm like, Ooh, okay. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I see. I love this body. Here's the, here's the life hack of being trans is it's so fun to watch everyone come, but I get to do it like four times. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, and what is the other um, organization you said you were a part of? Oh, um, I recently took on the gender identity chair at threshold LA, which is a local nonprofit and dungeon. Okay. Yeah. So I just, I handle everything gender for them now just to make sure that the week stay inclusive. And uh, I'm hoping to kind of change the, it's already happening that the language they're changing, that's changing and it's being updated, but I'm hoping to ensure that everything is trans inclusive now um, because just, it's really hard to be trans inclusive and then have cis people run something because they don't know everything that's trans. And like, that's no fault of their own. It's just like, I don't expect you to know something that isn't, from your experience. So I'd rather, you know, do it. And I have, I I love the place, you know, it's, it's where Obsidian did their parties before um, COVID too. So it, I want to maintain and make sure that for Obsidian and Obsidian's people that the dungeon is as that's best it can be. So I want to make sure it's gender inclusive because most of our guests are like non-binary trans. So, you know, (laughs) Well, it sounds like you're utilizing your title to the best of your ability right now during when we can't even see each other. So that's really good. Oh, yeah. 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 Are there any things that you're excited to do with your title once we get out of COVID? I just want to travel more. I miss it so much. Plus, like my dream in a lifetime is to get fisted in all 50 states. So (laughs) I got to get moving. (laughs) I got like 47 left, so oh we're getting God. somewhere. <laughs> oh, oh, I was going to ask you before we go, can we just talk about your Twitter for like oh two God. seconds? Go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what about it, Brandon? So you got this Twitter and I I, I'm scrolling through Twitter. I Okay. I I just got a Twitter because uh-huh. I, got, I got knocked off of Facebook for being like, for- too yeah too leather and (laughs) i was like i was like everything's covered like i don't understand um so anyways i got onto twitter and then you know started adding people and i'm scrolling through my feed and i'm like who is this kinky fucker and it's you (laughs) (laughs) you know i made a twitter because i've been threatened on facebook and instagram about getting kicked off Mm -hmm. um on facebook for reposting flyers for kink events uh, and on Instagram for posting like photos of like Tom of Finland art. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me just have a Twitter just in case. And also I really am proud of my dick. I grew it all by myself, you know? So right. I, I, <laughs> I got to show it off. <laughs> yeah. I've seen, I've seen close-ups. I mean, if you want yeah. to see close-ups, go add uh, a <laughs> on uh, on Twitter. <laughs> I got really into pumping when I made it. So it was, it just went hand in hand. And like, because of COVID, I was taking um, daily check-in photos with my daddy to be like, behold, I pumped again today, just like you asked. Um, So I was like, I got to do something with all these photos before I delete them. So they're on Twitter now. (laughs) (laughs) For the world to see. I love it. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of converting it right now to be like a little bit more of just me and just like, 
me and my beta and, and things that I do with my daddy and like the wholesome and the wholesome um, because of the threats of Instagram, like taking off kinksters. They're like, you know, making a new set of rules right now. Um, I mean, I got flagged the other day just for posting picture. I posted pictures of every guest of 20. Oh, I remember. And it got removed. And, and it said, if you think this was a mistake, please file a report. Mm -hmm. So I filed a report. There was no, not a single person was remotely naked. Everyone's wearing their leathers, you know? Yeah. and it was, I, I don't know what triggered the algorithm, if it was just because everyone was in their leathers and that's too kink. I don't know. But yeah, been cracking down big time. Yeah. And there's like a new set of rules. I don't know if you've seen it. That's, I don't think that they're implemented just yet, but they're, it's like a possible update. I don't, I don't know. Like, again, I'm not the smartest dog in the world, um, but it's kind of gotten me nervous. So I'm like kind of shifting yeah. to Twitter a little bit more now. Um, so it might be a little more wholesome post every now and then me going like, look how cute my beta is and look at me play with a toy. And then like, look at me get fisted, <laughs> you know, mixing it up. Love that. Um, before we go, I, I do want to ask you just a couple last statements that you might be willing to make just to get your perspective on, on some things. Yeah. Um, we talked a lot about, you know, inclusivity and, and your experiences with all of that. Um, I want to know how can we as, you know, either, you know, cis or non-cis or non-binary or whoever you are out there, how can we get more involved in this movement of becoming more inclusive? What are some concrete ways? I would say first and foremost, get educated. Mm -hmm. Look for education. It's, It's really all around you. I have seen so many trans 101s. Um, and I always repost them when I see them online that have been taught over Zoom since COVID started. Um, there's so many ways to educate yourself. Um, ask questions. Do not force your like anyone to to give you their labor. But if you meet someone like me or like others who are you know giving this shit away for free, fucking utilize it. You know, mm-hmm. like I think listening and getting educated is the first step at the very least. Absolutely. For, for those who are coming into kink for the first time and, and exploring this world and themselves and discovering themselves and, and listening to your stories of needles and all this primal play that you talked about and the depth of it all, what would be your advice to those people coming in and wanting to explore more? To be open, to be honest, don't feel like you have to sell yourself as some big professional. I, I felt like I had to be so competent when I first started and that's that's just untrue like we all start somewhere and just be open about your journey and you're probably gonna find kind people you know obviously vet your people but there are people who are down to like help you out and point you in the right direction um be open to connection you never know who's gonna end up being your best friend or your favorite sir or something and also like be confident you know you're probably cute like I don't know you but you're probably great uh, if I wasn't confident and insistent, I don't think I would have met my daddy. The first time I saw him, I didn't think he would give me the time of day, but I, you know, I went over and I was persistent and I was polite and I talked to him until I said something that, you know, sparked an interest. And here I am with a collar around my neck. Right. <laughs> you know, you never know. 
Yeah. And I think it's important too to point out that just because you might not be everybody's snack or cup of tea doesn't mean that you should just step out of that zone. Uh, Because, you know, even if you're an Amber Crombie and Fitch model, I mean, you're not going to please everybody. Oh, that's not for me, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I just like a little more meat on the bone. (laughs) Yeah, me too. But. but yeah, don't but don't be afraid of rejection. I know that's easy to say. Yeah. But you know, if kink, if you know in your heart that you're a leather, that you're a kink, that this community is where you belong, then don't let anybody else tell you anything different. Yeah. You know, if your heart is leather, then your heart is leather, honey. Like, ain't nobody gonna take that from you. Absolutely. Well, Papa Ryan, it was so amazing talking to you and just hearing your story. And I really hope listeners out there can take, you know, some words of wisdom from your experiences. Um, Before we go, how can we reach out? How can we uh, get connected with you? So I am pretty much on every social media. Um, I have a Facebook page that you can like that should be under the LA Pup 2020. Um, I also have uh, one that you can friend. I don't really friend people I don't know. Um, but you can send me a message there as well. Um, and they're all at Pupstar Orion on Instagram, on Pupspace, on Telegram. Uh, what the fuck else do I have? FetLife. Uh, I've just made a Cultured Kink account, which is a new platform. So, like, you can find me there, too. Uh, yeah, I'm just – I'm on everything. Oh, oh Twitter, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what's your handle on Twitter? Everything's on – everything's Pupstar Orion. Pupstar Orion. All right. Got it. Awesome. Would you like to make any last statements to our audience before we wrap up? Oh, oh, I actually started a social support group. Okay. Uh, and I'd like to highlight that. So if there's anyone who identifies as disabled or chronically ill and a kinkster, I started one called Chronically Kinky um, based off of one of the classes I teach. And it's moderated by my friend Garnet Pup. So you can find him at Garnet Pup or you can find me at Pupstar Orion and just ask when the next Chronically Kinky will be. We're hoping to make it a monthly thing. It's just a space to talk and share space and with like-minded individuals who are both kinky and disabled. Awesome. That sounds amazing. Well, and how can we find, is there a website for that? Or There's no website. You can just look on our social media. It should be there. I put everything on my Facebook page and it's public, um, the likable one, uh, or you could just message me and I'll send you the, yeah, all you do is you send me your email. Bam. I email you a zoom link. Bam. You're there. Awesome. awesome. And I'll make sure to put links for all of those tags in the, in the description below. Thank you again so much, Pupstar Ryan, for coming on and sharing your story. I can't wait to see you in person and in the playroom again. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Thank you, Brandon. Well, before we go, don't forget to check out the many outreach programs we have available to us here in the Los Angeles area. The Alley Leather COVID-19 Assist, Bullet Bar Pantry, and LELC Cares are all ways that you can get assistance during these trying times of COVID-19. I will have links in the description below. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet and Twitter as Brandon Bullet LA. Thanks again for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay kinky.